Everybody, welcome back to another segment of Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight, part of the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. We are the retro talk show where we talk about just about anything and everything having to do with the baby boomer generation, the things we grew up doing, seeing, playing with, all of the baby boomer things. And actually, a few years before that, we also pick up things that were going on uh, around the middle part of the century, early part of the 20th century, and we cover the music, we cover the magazines, the movies, the songs, the technology, the equipment, all the other great stuff of a long-gone generation, but we try to keep it alive through this show and through the greatness of the material that comes from our listeners to help us inspire to new shows. I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. And as I say, we are the Retro Talk Show, and we cover just about all the things involving the culture, American pop culture of the mid and early 20th century. Today we've got a special treat. Smitty, a good friend of ours, is here in the studio with us, a, a guy that we've both worked with and know well, and we've become friends with him, and we're going to hear a view from a different age group other than us baby boomers. We're going to hear the newer side of people who come to respect what it is we do in the baby boomer generation. Smitty? That's right, Mike. Yeah, we've got a real good friend of ours here in the studio with us who um, you're going to meet in just a moment. And we're going to talk about a younger person in his 20s who enjoys big band music. Now, I like big band music. You like big band music, too, Mike. And there's apparently a lot of younger people that are now enjoying big band music. But we're going to talk to our guest and get his input on this uh, interesting phenomenon, having younger people like this older type of music. We want to introduce you to our good friend, Andrew Baldwin. Andrew, welcome to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside. Thanks, Smitty. Happy to be here. Uh, we're, we're happy to have you with us. We've been wanting to get you on the show for quite a while. Andrew, let me ask you a personal question, if I may, before we get started. How old are you? 26. 26. And you are a big fan of big band and swing music. Indeed I am. And, Mike, as you mentioned, you and I have worked in employment with Andrew, and part of Andrew's work is to facilitate meeting rooms and facilities where groups can meet. And, of course, anytime you have anything like that, you have public address systems and microphones and music and stuff like that. And one day I was walking by and I heard this cool big band music that I was familiar with. And Andrew was in there setting up the room. I said, Andrew, you're playing big band music. And he said, yeah, I love this stuff. And so we wanted to get uh, Andrew's take on all of this uh, stuff, the big band music. Let's start in, Andrew. How old were you when you first heard big band music and you became interested in it? That you said, hey, this is really cool. I want to say is I was about probably 14, 15 in high school. Mm-hmm. Um I was getting pretty big into Sinatra and, uh, and, and Ella Fitzgerald and the Rat Pack and some of the other, uh, you know, lounge singers. And, you know, they, they've got bands behind them, and, and so I think that kind of bled in and started drifting off into listening to that genre. And uh, I used to just have it cranked on the headphones. I rode the school bus a lot, uh, city bus and school bus, probably six hours a day, it felt like. Wow. And, uh, and had that cranked a lot of the time, with mixed in with, with uh, hard rock and... and trance music and all this other ridiculous stuff. I was going to say, obviously you also like other genres, rock and, you know, all kinds of other different types of, uh, of, if, of genres. If it's good, it's good. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Were you sort of aware that, you know, that's a little unusual for a young guy to be liking this kind of music? It's a bit. Um, i got to say, when I was in high school, though, it, you know, 
Sinatra and all those were getting a bit popular, so it wasn't totally out of it, um, you know, because Sinatra's the ultimate cool guy, so of course every aspiring cool guy had to listen to him. Right. Um, so it wasn't too out of uh, out of left field. Um, it's kind of come out more as I've gotten a little bit older, but still young. Sure. It's not cool anymore, but it's still of uh, apparently an oddity. Oh uh, well, you know, there, there's some similarities between you and I because when I was young, when I was in my in my early teens, I loved big band music. The reason for that was my my mom and dad were a little older when they got married, so and of course, obviously, when I came along, so the, this was the music that my dad listened to when he was a kid, or when he was young, and so uh, I uh, I grew up listening to it. I was thirteen, fourteen. I loved big band music, and I used to try to tell some of my high school friends, "Hey, this is pretty cool music," and they would kind of look at me kind of weird. So I, <laughs> I stopped doing that after a while. But you know, Mike, it was like what Andrew was saying that Sinatra and those popular singers were coming back. Like we've always said, this stuff comes around full circle. It, it does come full circle, and, and it's a developmental process over the years. And, and we all recall, or most of us anyway here, the listeners I know, we get feedback through email. We remember listening to those sounds. Our parents would have the LPs, the vinyl LPs, playing on the, the Packard Bell Hi-Fi, and Harry James, and mm-hmm. Bunny Berrigan. Uh, Glenn Miller, and I can remember those as far back as I can almost remember anything. I remember that type of music and even the ragtime and sure. some of some of the music that dated before the big band era, before 1917 exactly. when right. big band officially came out. And it's impressive to see the younger generation pick up the mantle, so to speak, and uh, move along with this music because it is ageless and timeless. It, mm-hmm. Actually, American pop music is in itself, I think, an art piece, an art mm-hmm. form. There was a certain type of craft that went into putting the big bands together, the Artie Shaws, the Harry James. And listening here and talking with our friend Andrew, we can see where it transcends over the years. You don't have to be 60 years old or, or 49 years old right. or 79 years old or 89 years old. You could be 25, 26 sure. years old and still understand and appreciate the art form that is American pop music in its finest form, and one of the finest forms, of course, is the big band era. And uh, I don't know, would it be kind of like uh, a young person like liking classical music or liking Baroque music? I mean, it's just whatever catches your fancy, right? I think that's exactly it. Yeah. When you were growing up, was anybody in your family a fan of, of big band music that somehow you got exposed to it and you kind of heard it and said, hey, this is really cool, or anybody you knew? or I don't think so. My, my parents always, um, they've got, they're fairly young, and I think they're in their 40s now, and, uh, and they forced me into a lot of different musical tastes, mm-hmm. and, you know. Dad had Elvis on, and then the next day he'd have Slayer on, and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> a little bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, but uh, that, that I don't think ever came up was yeah. a big band. Um, it, it's actually getting exposed out there a lot right now because fairly recently, a, a, of all things, a really big video game used almost exclusively big band and uh, and other music from the a little bit later in the 40s and 50s. Really? Used it exclusively for their soundtrack. Um, a game called Fallout 3 was <laughs> taken in kind of post-apocalyptic America. Um, had the whole uh, nuclear wasteland, and and so you had the, the idea was the radio was stuck on what was playing at the time. Oh. And so you ended up with this constant soundtrack of of uh, things like that, and uh, and so it was kind of cool. And I think that probably actually planted the seed for a lot of people. Most recently, How about that? came out a couple of years ago, and I think I mean it top-selling game of the year and things like that. Oh, interesting. Maybe that is exposing a lot of younger people to that's, the big That's what I think. And yeah. 
mean, because there seems to be a lot of uh, of interest among younger people as far as like dancing, some of the swings, you know, the what they call the uh, swing dancing and stuff like that. That goes hand in hand with it, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. On the swing dance, we talked a few minutes before uh, airtime here on the show, Andrew. And swing dance is something. Is it a composite? Is it a, a a mixture of the big band music and some of the dance steps of today, or is it an entirely different thing? Is it just seems like it's spun off from a different time, but it's becoming very, very popular. And you talked about. Uh, some of the innovators of swing dance, who I believe are from Europe. Yeah, tell, the, us a, the, tell us a little bit about that. That would be interesting. The dancing, I don't know as much about. I'm not a big dance guy, <laughs> but, um, you know, electronics really big and for young people, especially with uh, dubstep coming out in the last couple of years and getting popular. And that comes a lot from Europe and the U.K., and, and one of the offshoots of that is what's called uh, Swing Step and Swing House, and it's it's these electronic songs that are remixed with big band music. And uh, it ends up being really catchy because you end up kind of with the smooth, smoothness and the uh, and the pep of the older big band, and then you end up with the electronic harshness that that is appealing to people like me. It ends up being really good stuff. One of the bands that's doing this is called Caravan Palace, and they actually is a, it's a five person band, and you know they've got a an oboe player and a violinist and two vocalists and a trumpet player and a DJ. And they play live, and it ends up being incredible music because you know you get segments of both, and then you have them merged together at the same time, and it's okay. it's uh it's pretty pretty good stuff. It's kind of a neat marriage of two different genres, sort of. Exactly, and it's yeah. drawn in a lot of the young folks because yeah. they're already into the dubstep, so yeah. swing step is another an easy transition. A lot of songs have been remade, you know, in later years by newer groups uh, and uh, newer artists. Do you f- have any preferences to listening to the original recordings as opposed to listening to a stereophonic remake of, of an older tune? What's your, your thoughts on that? I'm a fair stickler for, for audio quality, so I actually like the remakes a bit more. Okay. Um, you know, cleaner recordings and, and more separate instrumentals. Um, Although sometimes the new ones just take the wrong turn if they get a little creative, and, and I do like the original compositions with the uh, with the new technology behind it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because uh, I noticed that sometimes uh, certain pieces uh, you're used to hearing them a certain way by the original artist, and then you hear it remade, and they've kind of tried to jazz it up a little bit and add something here and there, and it sometimes doesn't quite quite really work. Can't perfect a classic. Can't perfect exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can't remake. A classic, Mike. It's like uh, trying to redo a classic movie. Sometimes it doesn't really turn out. It just out, doesn't. You know? doesn't happen. <laughs> now, Andrew, tell us, if you were to go back in time and you were to, to be able to take a time machine ride back to the big band era, the big band years, what year would you land in and who would you be sitting in the audience watching an orchestra? Basically, who's your favorite big band artist and orchestra and your favorite big band year? There's pre-World War II, mm-hmm. there's post-Depression, yeah. and Big Band came all the way up to about, what, 1952, maybe? Yeah, thereabouts. The most exciting time and place for Big Band that you know of, what would that be? That's a tough one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good. I, I, don't, I can't say I've got any particular favorites, um, but I think it's, and, and I'm not as well-versed in the name since I said I, I put yeah. on a playlist and let it run. I don't, uh, mm-hmm. I don't go check every five minutes to see who's, who's playing. <laughs> right. But... Um, I can't remember who only was doing big band for about three years and, and died in around 1945. They had a very short run, but it ended up being incredibly popular. And I wrote down their name yesterday because I was reading about them, and I cannot remember who it is. Oh, okay. um, it might be a bit Glenn Miller that I'm thinking of. 
Yeah, we've got a whole lineup. The 40s seems to be the common answer when we ask that question yes, to the younger people. The 40s. And to uh, drill down, to laser down, and who in the 40s? And it always comes up, Benny Goodman, Benny Goodman first, yeah. Count Basie, Artie Shaw, the Dorsey Brothers, Cab Calloway, Glenn Miller, Glenn and, Miller of, course, of course, yeah. Bing Crosby. So these are true American originals. We're talking the 40s. We're talking 70 years later. We're sitting here in a room, uh, three of us, and during that time in the 40s, none of us were born. Uh, my parents were teenagers going to high school. Your parents yeah. were probably not too far behind. Yeah. Andrew's parents were probably almost not even born. And we're here talking about some of the legends of American pop music, the big band series, and it, it transcends. It just it waterfalls right down from 70 years ago to right to this day. And I even notice now some of the, uh, well, here in San Diego, we have the jazz station uh, sponsored by San Diego City College. Right. That's one of the most popular stations now, this FM station in Southern California. So it's coming back, and you hear the listeners, and even some of the announcers and hosts of these shows are younger people. They are, yes. A lot of them are students. Uh -huh. So it is, a, it is a work of art, and you see where these names in the music where, like Andrew would say, I'm not sure who it was that did that, but right. I know I like it. Yes, it, exactly. And yeah. it's important, and he'll, he'll, run, he'll run his music for four, five, six hours and just let it run straight. What genre can you still say that with? You can't do it with the Beatles. Oh, I put on six hours of the Beatles. Right, and, yeah. And, gee, it's a lot of fun. No, it's just it's, it's a jigsaw puzzle, and it's a tapestry of some of the best of American music that was ever produced in time. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, you have people, I, I'm sure you would have people coming up maybe that aren't even born today that will be coming up in 15 years from now. They'll... They'll be introduced somehow, some way to this type of music called big band and swing, and they'll grab onto it. And it may make a full circle. We're a full circle program. We talk about things that come around that maybe were put away for a while. We even mentioned before the showtime about LPs and vinyl records that right. are coming back into collectability now in a big way. It all stems from something in early 20th century or mid 20th century that to this day is as effective, if, if not more effective in entertaining than it was even then. They took it for granted then. You go to a jukebox and it was on every selection. Now you've got to locate it and find what you like. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, you know, Mike, I absolutely agree. I think, I think the biggest plus for me about this stuff is it's timeless um, and it fits in so many situations without... Um, you know, some days you're just not in the mood to hear Metallica. <laughs> but big band, you know, it just fits. And I, was, I was actually just playing uh, playing cards with my brother last night, and I had some big band on, kind mm -hmm. of uh, kind of set the mood. And, and he hasn't, he never listens to the stuff. And he's like, actually, this is really nice. You know, you're just playing cards, and it's in the background. And right. it, it works if you want to just focus on it. It works if you want to just have it in the background. And that's why it's on 24-7 at the... Uh, at the tech center is yeah. because it, it works all the time. Yeah, that's a very good point, Andrew, a very excellent point. You can either, you can focus on it, you can turn it up and be focused on it, you can have it in the background and it's very non-obtrusive. And there's not a lot of not a lot of music that you can do that with and really appreciate it both ways. Exactly. As I mentioned, uh, you know, part of your work facilitating meeting rooms and stuff, and I know sometimes we've been involved together setting rooms up and running equipment, running cables. And for me personally, to have that music in the background is soothing. It's kind of like, okay... It's going to be fine. Just take it easy. Just, <laughs> just kind of lay that cable down to the beat, and it'll all be fine. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the nice thing about it is that it won't put you to sleep like a lot of the other options that you have in a public situation. You can't, you know, smooth jazz. If I play that, I fall asleep. Yeah, it's the exactly. Most, you yeah. know, some things are just 
too bland for that kind of deal. Big Band's kind of a nice mixture of smoothness, but a little bit of beat to kind of keep you awake. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How about the people who come by the tech center where you work, Andrew, and you've got that music emitting from the big communications auditorium? Do you get comments? I, I doubt you get complaints. We get complaints from one gentleman who oh. I won't Uh-oh. name. But, okay. Uh, I but don't know who he is. I'll say this. I've got to listen to his opinion. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, but that's one opinion I've ignored so far. Um, he complains about regularly. Oh, how um, about that? But, uh, but I do got to say, I actually get compliments on it quite often, especially one of our uh, our old board members, John Witt. You know, he, he grew up listening to that stuff just about, and, and he'd talk to me about it almost every time he was there. He'd tell me about it, and, uh, and you know, I burned a couple of CDs for him of the same stuff so he could listen to some of the uh, newer remakes, and... Uh, and I get compliments regularly on it. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice knowing that people like it. Absolutely. I certainly like it. It's Like I said, it's very relaxing when I go. Very relaxing. You know, we're going to take a break, are we? We have yes, a retro commercial coming up, but, you know, the best part about it is where Andrew just left off. He is our young friend and who's talking to us today about the wonderment of the big band and swing band era. And he's a, a great fan of it, as we are, but he mentioned a good point with a fellow that we also know, a fellow by the name of John Witt, who is an, a senior gentleman. He was on the uh, Board of Education at one time, and we know him quite well. But when we come back from the retromercial, we're going to talk about how the young people and the older people, the boomers and the seniors, are able to communicate with each other and talk about things that they probably wouldn't be able to talk about by virtue of the fact that they enjoy the same music. Coming right back, right after this retro-mercial, here on Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. When you've decided to buy a microwave oven, wouldn't it be nice if there was an easy way to be sure you're getting the right one? There is. Just go to your Amana retailer and see a demonstration of the fabulous Amana Touchmatic Radar Range, the first microwave oven with a memory. The Amana Touchmatic Radar Range can take foods from the freezer to the table, simple as one, two, three. Because Amana's Touchmatic Radar Range remembers how long to defrost, then remembers exactly how long to cook. And after it calls you for dinner, the timer even remembers and displays the time of day. And just look at these other performance and convenience features. Stainless steel interior, big enough for a family-sized turkey. Cookmatic Power Shift lets you choose the cooking speed you need. 675 watts of cooking power cooks almost everything in one-fourth the usual time with 50 to 75% less energy than a conventional electric range. That's energy saving. The Amana Touchmatic Radar Range. Once you see it in action, you'll know it's the one for you. Hi, I'm Ken Kramer, and you're listening to Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. Yeah, it won't be long until I'm in the groove listening to that stuff, but, you know, we are coming back here, and you are listening to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside on Galaxy Nostalgia Network, and Smitty and I have a guest in studio today. It's a friend of ours who is in his, shall we say, mid to late 20s, because we don't want to give you the exact date, because we're going to let you guess. No, we're not. He's 26 years old or 27? 26. He's 26, and when it comes to musical taste, he's going on 55. Uh, None other than our good friend Andrew Baldwin, and we've been talking about the communication value of 
the older generation, the seniors and the boomers, talking to the younger generation about things that they have in common, which, you know, very few things. But one thing, the common thread where we can sit and talk regardless of how old you are or where you've been or where you were raised or even what high school you went to is the communication medium of good music. And I mean good music, the stuff of American pop culture that is timeless, original, ageless, and to this day being listened to by people of all ages. Andrew, welcome back here to the show. Thanks, Mike. We were talking about a fellow, John Witt, who is a, uh, an acquaintance of all ours. Uh, he was uh, in the Board of Education here in San Diego. He was uh, on the board, and I know I've talked with him several times about things that happened in the early 50s and things that happened even before then. But the exciting part is talking about music, and I bet you've had some conversations. What, When you're talking with somebody who's quite a bit older than you, but you're talking with the common thread of the music, the big band era and the swing time genre, where does the conversation go? Do you exchange notes on which music you like? Do you ever get involved in, hey, what was going on when that song came out? How does that work? What what opens the conversation? You know, it usually ends up being a, a, a good time for a story from the older older folks. Oh, I love it. See? <laughs> I, I, know, uh, I know I like to tell stories, too. I can't wait to have to corner somebody down and tell them my stories. But uh. <laughs> That's great. Now, at one time... To, I think I've got the right guy at the right time. Didn't you live on a sailboat at one time? I did. That's okay. right. He did. That's he, right. did. he did. Yes, right. he did. And I want to. It seems like good jazz music and sailboats somehow go together. They they dovetail. I've never been. I've never owned a sailboat, but I've never been on a sailboat ride where there was techno or rave or uh, headbanging music. <laughs> it was always that jazz, that smooth yeah. San Diego Bay jazz sound and you know what mike you're actually right talk um, about that you know i mentioned earlier that i that i kind of got exposed to the big band through sinatra and things like that when i was young but when i moved on to my sailboat i was uh, i was 18 it was the first time i moved out of my parents house and straight to a sailboat because that sounded fun um and it seemed like the right time to start picking up big band and that's actually when i got really into it and that's when it transitioned from something i'd kind of heard to really something that was on play 24 7 um you know, have girls over or whatever, and, you know, play something like Opus and Pastels. You know, it's a real calm, relaxing song. It just, it fits. It's really nice when you're out on the bay or you're, uh, you know, I had a slip over in um, Harbor Island, and, you know, we'd walk along the bay or whatever, and you'd have music playing. You're, you're absolutely right. It's perfect sailboat music. It just feels like it's, it's a natural ingredient for a day out in the San Diego Bay, out around, or maybe cruising out on a sailboat to Catalina or the Coronado Islands. It seems like... It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be a sailboat adventure with that, with that type of music. Right. I have never come up along another sailboat where they're cranking loud rock and roll stuff. Right, exactly. E- yeah. Even the 70s stuff. You don't hear a lot of Eagles music when you're cruising up next to somebody in a sailboat. You're hearing jazz, big band, little Artie Shaw, sure. some of the Glenn Miller. Especially on Sunday mornings, it seems like they just go hand in hand. It, it kind of sets the mood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Puts you, you in the mood. It puts in you in the, the mood. mood. <laughs> in the mood, exactly. Andrew, you're a married man now, but when you were dating some of the girls that you dated, did they and you maybe played some big band music? How did they react? Did they oh, like it? Did they not like it's it? It's the most romantic thing you can do. Okay, great. Oh yeah, they, they love it. I'll um, have to make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, it's something that they they see in movies, and it's not that I'm trying to play the heartstrings or anything. 
but it is it's one of those you know it's like it's like walking in the rain it's mm-hmm. just it fits Mike has sort of touched on this since you have an interest in big band music do you also have an interest uh, historically as to what was going on in that time period for example you hear uh, you know you're listening to a piece and you, okay this piece is from 1939 do you ever think back what was happening in that time period has that led to any kind of a, an interest in in mid 20th century history for you at all I've actually Got quite a bit, actually, you know, later in the 40s, because I was a big World War II buff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I loved that stuff in school, and uh, and it's that's actually one of the reasons I'd be interested in going back to time to whichever mysterious composer it was that, that only made music from the 40s to the 45, I think. Um, it's just, it's, it seems like a lot going on, and it's in, in an excellent period of time just to, for interesting things. The 20s, I don't know enough about. You know, I, I, I kind of slept through those in school. <laughs> but uh, but it is fun. I, uh, Pandora Radio actually brings up biographies of the composers when the songs come on. So, you know, that's actually when I was reading about Glenn Miller and, and finding out that he had such a short... I'm using Glenn Miller and the hypothetical Glenn Miller. Um, that he had such a short reign of being a composer, but the music picked up from his other band members. Um, I think one of his clarinet players end up, ended up starting composing stuff that he had done and, and, and leading it. And uh, It's kind of interesting seeing how things just, just transform as they go on. There seems to be sort of a natural continuity. If somebody stops doing music either because they've passed away or because they've chosen to retire, somebody else carries on. That's right. That's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about music. Um, exactly. The, the same with the, the newer electronic artists remixing the old stuff to right. kind of give it its new life. Right. And then once the remixes get popular, people actually start replaying it live mm-hmm. and, uh, and learning how to play it live. And then it just goes back into that cycle of retro becomes stylish again. That's right. That's right. I, I think a lot of that music would not have been made available to the younger generations of today had it not been for technology such as the iPod, the MP3 mm-hmm. format, even uh, Apple iTunes Store. You can search uh, big bands' music in the I- Apple iTunes Store w- where we're at with Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. Right. You can search big band music, and you probably get 25 or 30 different type podcasts oh, yeah. that yeah. feature that music. And unless you had access to a record collection or were able to get into the thrift stores the day some of these albums were donated or given to the thrift stores, you just wouldn't have access to that music because there's very few terrestrial radio stations, AM or FM for that matter, playing this type of music anymore for years and years and years. We had K-pop and we had K-spa uh, you know, it was great to be able to dial into an AM station and hear Henry Mancini and Artie Shaw. Uh, you just don't tune in your radio nowadays and, and get any of those stations. They've all turned to a different kind of format, business and financial, uh, news format, talk format. You can't find that kind of music on the airwaves anymore. So thank goodness people who are interested in, let's hear about that big band stuff I've been hearing sure. about. Or Andrew told me, I heard that stuff coming out of that auditorium. I'd like to hear more of that. You can go to Apple iTunes and search Big Band or Swing Music, and you could get your fill, all you want, of all all of the swing and big band era music. So thank goodness that technology helped bring something so important as uh, mid or early 20th century music, pop American music, to the forefront 
for the younger generation who lives on these iPods now and these smartphones and MP3 players. It's available to anybody who wants to go back and hear what was happening then, and it's good stuff to listen to. Absolutely. The technology really has helped to expose uh, new audiences to this kind of music. Absolutely. Well, you know what? This half hour has just flown by. We're almost out of time. Uh, we want to thank Andrew Baldwin for joining us and uh, coming here and talking to us about big band music. Andrew, maybe you'll come back and visit us again sometime. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being with us. Thank you. We want to remind you that we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you're a fan of big band music, why don't you write us and, and tell us about that. Our email address is galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com, galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com. Our website is galaxymoonbeamnightsight.com. Don't forget we have a page on Facebook, the Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight page on Facebook. You don't have to be a member of Facebook. It's a public page, so make sure to, that you look in on that because we'll have pictures there for you that we're posting constantly. That's all the time we have on our show this, this time around. We thank you for joining us. I'm Smitty. I'm Mike. And I'm Andrew. And we'll see you again next time, folks. Take care. This is the Galaxy Nostalgia Network.